just listen. A little different way to start today, just to be still. I appreciate your quietness. Just got a question. Have you been quiet today? It's early, not too early, it's 1030. But have you been quiet in yourself before the Lord? Just wanted to start and just think about we're talking about hearing the voice of the Lord in these weeks called the voice. Last weekend I spent a lot of time about being still. And I just wanted to go back to that this morning thinking that maybe that would set the stage for today. Eliminating distractions to hear his voice. There are a lot of distractions. I could just go up and down the rows and ask you, what's, what's your biggest distraction? Already this morning somebody came to me and said, my neighbor's dogs they kept me up all night well i got a solution for that but you can talk to me after service okay and then somebody said hey my biggest distraction is uh social media another one says hey it's it's a television hey it's it's this person it's that it's activities it's gaming it's videos I, i don't know what it is but just want us to think about that and get in about because sometimes silence is uncomfortable and yet it's beautiful so this morning, as we started the service, just seeing that screen and some music in the background and just, you know, some of you are like, man, I love this. This is reflective. This is uh, meditative. It's good for my soul. And some of you are like, man, I wish you, I don't, I don't like this. This is a, and, and then some of us like static on the line. I mean, you know, we, we live in a, in a society inundated with uh, cell phones and we always got our cell phones in our hand, always calling, you know, you go to other countries and you know, even you even go to poor countries, and I'm amazing. They, 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 they've, got, they've got cell phones. I mean, you know, they might not have hardly anything else, but they've got a cell phone. It's sponsored by the government or something. I don't know. they just got cell phones everywhere. So it's just it's all that noise. And, and, and we, we are, we're in a metal building that has a great brick facade, you know, except for over there. And then over here, we went ahead and bricked the way around. But it is a metal building. I'll just go ahead and tell you. And uh, back in my office, I'm on, I'm on the end back there, back behind the kitchen area. And it's like... Uh, it's horrible for cell phone coverage. And like, you remember that thing, can you hear me now? Um, people will call me if I'm on the phone. Keith, Keith. And I hear them clearly. They don't hear me at all. And I got this thing and I lean into the wall. Or when I text out of my office and I text all the time, and thank God for computers and everything that I'm always using. But when I'm on my cell phone, I'm like maybe doing a quick thing. Sometimes I, if you come to office, you think, man, the boy needs help. I stick my phone up between the shutters and I hold it out the window. Ding! Because sometimes when I don't do that and I come back like, man, I never got a reply. Message failure. Did not send. Okay, so static. Uh, You you know, you you ever been on the phone with somebody and you just got all this static and they're just talking away and you're riding down the road and they're talking and talking and it's annoying, isn't it? Hey, what, what do we say? Can you? No, I say, can you call me back? Can you call me back? And they're like, because I, I heard nothing of what you just said. I, I think it was important, although I did have this friend years ago. I didn't understand him, though. We, we don't really speak much now. But he, uh, and I'm not mad at him. There's no bitterness or anything. But he would call me. True story. Donna remembers this. And he'd say, hello, Keith. How are you doing? Doing fine. he just breathe. Man, I'd say something to him, you know, and he'd. And he just breathed, you know, and after about 10 minutes, I go, breathing sounded good, bro. See you later. Click. 
I mean, you know, if, if you want to talk to me, talk to me. But if you just want to breathe, man, go talk to your dog. Okay, so here we go. So a lot of times we miss out on hearing God because we're so distracted by all these things. That our minds are filled with the concerns of just daily living. They're concerned with bills. They're concerned with plans, goals, ambitions, dreams, desires, kids, kids, crying, laughing, making messes. Do your kids ever make messes at your house? No, you're lying. Okay. So, you know, and then sometimes when people talk to us, we don't hear them. We're in the room. Is anybody ever guilty of this in marriage? You're in the room, and they're talking to you, and nothing registered. And, and they say something really important, like, take me to the hospital. Help me. I'm sick. I'm hurting. Our kid's crying. No. Your son's crying. You ever notice that your kid is always the other ones when it's doing something that's not convenient? Yeah, okay, I just thought I'd throw that out. Okay. I didn't hear you, though. Um, I heard you speaking, but it, it, didn't, it just didn't register. So as I was preparing for this, I was just thinking, what do we do to eliminate distractions? For me, I, I admit, admittedly, I got over it and I'm back on it. I like television. I just do. I mean, it's part of who I am. And sometimes you just got to shut it off. You just got to shut the box off. And some of you said, amen. Somebody like, well, whatever. And, you gotta, and here, here's the thing. Let me just go ahead and tell you. Shut your cell phone off. You should, we were talking about this at dinner table last night, and I thought about how different it is right now in 2013 than it was in 2000, or it was in the 90s, or in the 80s, or the 70s, or the 50s, or <laughs> not, I was born in 59, okay, or, or whenever. Because now there's all this noise. So you know what I've learned? I'm going to give you one tip today. This, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, but this one thing could revolutionize your life. And it's not big truth, it just helps you. Take your cell phone. There's an off button. Cut it off. Oh, no, you say, well, Pastor, I'm way too important. Okay, here's another thing. Take it to another room of the house and have time out with your telephone. I put mine in the bedroom sometimes so I don't hear it for a few hours. It's, it's glorious. You're saying, well, Pastor, I need you. My temperature went up. It, it, it'll still be up in a minute. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be down. I don't know. Just, just, you know. I'm just saying, guys, it's harder now to hear the voice of God than it's ever been. It's like we have all this media and all this great stuff. And all, as Donna was saying last night, the greatest Bible teachers on the planet we can listen to on our phones or, or whatever medium we use. It's just amazing. But it also, I see the devil really uses this. We don't get still much. We've got to have that constant chatter. And God just wants us to slow down. And I, I read this story about a young man named Austin Chapman. I was blown away by him. I'd never heard about him. You probably don't know who he is. Austin Chapman was a young man. He was completely deaf. He never understood music because he never heard music. And he didn't understand about his friends. And he would see his friends. Then look at it through a deaf person's eyes. He would see his friends dancing and making absolutely fools of themselves, but he didn't know why. Because he had never heard the sound. And he would see some of his friends moved to tears by a simple song. Now you think if you've never heard music and it evokes an emotion in you and people cry, you just think they're a little strange, okay? And yet there was some technology that came into his life. It was a set of new hearing aids. 
And they had these implants, and they put them in Austin. And he began to hear sound for the very first time. He began to hear music. He, he heard his best friend. His best friend had a lisp. He didn't know what a lisp was. He had never heard it. And he, he began to hear all these sounds. And, and I read this story. It, it was amazing. He says, there was like a cacophony of sounds that would just be constant in my life. And I was enjoying this new uh, area of my life that had always been untapped. And I could hear keyboards, and I could hear music, and I could hear, I could hear the dryer, I could hear the washing machine, you know, those annoying things. He says, but one thing, is, as I read on this story, I thought it was interesting. He says, but ironically enough, as great as sound is, my favorite thing to do is to turn my hearing aids off. And to be still and hear the voice of God. And I think from a deaf young man, we can learn a great lesson, can't we, church? I mean, I feel that he didn't hear for a long time, and then he began to hear, but I thought, wow. He says, I want you to write this down. I thought it was good. See if it speaks to you over the years. Silence is my favorite sound. I got to tell you, that's probably not my favorite sound, but I think it might be the Father's. He loves music. He loves worship. He created it. He created the artist behind it. I love what worship and music and guitars and keyboards. How about you, church? How about you, church? I love instruments. I love the ability to hear. But then he says, silence is my, my favorite sound. So we get bombarded with all this unnecessary noise sometimes, so all this static, and it just begins to move on us, begins to make it tough, and then God shows us that he wants to speak. I just asked a simple question. Have you ever felt too busy for God? Sure, we all have. Just busy. Just L-I-F-E. Just a lot of things are happening in my life. I'm just running here. I want to turn the world off. I live in this saturated world. And I want you to write down there's three voices. This is, this is bonus. This just goes, just write it somewhere. you got some space there in your worship guide. Write this down. There's three voices that I think we hear. We hear from Scripture. It's primary. We hear God's voice through the word of the living God. And the church said, Amen. Scripture, primary. Here's a second one. The Holy Spirit. God gives us the blessed Holy Spirit and he speaks to us. And the third is the body of Christ. The counsel of others. Next weekend I'm going to talk about the voice of God through mentors and through discipleship. And we'll, we'll go there next weekend. But I was just thinking about the three voices. But let's begin to fill in this outline. Point one allocate time to listen i spent a lot of time last weekend go back on the web and catch up if you didn't get it but simply just allocate time to listen to the voice of the lord that all this ambient all this noise in my life is shaking is vying for my attention and just get still just allocate just god i, I want to hear you and then the second one is this cultivate an open mind a mind that is just open to the possibilities of faith. A mind that is open to the living Christ. A mind that is open and is desperate for the Holy Spirit to come and to speak. But sometimes we have a closed mind. And we know if we went up, if we went, asked you this morning, say, how many of you have a closed mind? I'm like, man, he's real. He's just pig-headed. He's just, he's just closed-minded. Man. You know, she, don't, she don't hear anything except what they want to. And God would say, I want your mind to be open. When, when I read scripture, I say, Lord, I, I pray this all the time. And on Tuesdays, you can really pray for Pastor Keith on Tuesdays. That's a huge study day for me getting ready for the, for the weekend. And I'll go, Holy Spirit, illuminate my mind. 
Let me see things I do not see. Let me begin to dig truths out of your word. God, let me hear your voice. Let me see. And that's a great prayer for you. You don't have to be a preacher. Matter of fact, it's for every Christian. God, I want to have my mind illuminated. But there's three reasons. Number one, pride. Pride, write it in. Pride will keep us from hearing the voice of the Lord. Pride will make us think, well, you know, I don't really need to hear from God. I don't need to hear his wisdom on this decision. I'm a smart business person. I'm a smart teacher. I'm a smart mom. I'm a smart this. I can do this. I, I can figure it out on my own. I don't need God. I can handle this on my own. Pride just always shuts out the voice of God. Matter of fact, pride seems to shut out everything in our life. And I don't need God. I'll, I'll just do it. I'll solve this. I'll correct the error. I'll resolve the conflict. There's a second one. It's fear. Fear just puts us in a place that we have a closed mind. We're, we're fearful of the future. We're fearful of things to come. We're just afraid of what God might say to us. I, I want to speak about that one in a minute. Sometimes people don't want to listen because God might call them to do something small or big, or it seems big in their fear of life. And God just wants to speak, and we're like, God, I'm afraid of what you might tell me to do. If, if I open up to you, God, you might tell me to forgive somebody. You might tell me to go across the street and do something. God, you might tell me to do this. You might, you might tell me, you know, and we've always heard this since we were little kids. God might call you to be a missionary to Africa. You wouldn't want to live in that village. And I remember when I went to Africa a couple years ago, and I stood in the bush, and I stood in the Mathari slum, and I remember I, I met our adopted, I call him our son, he's, He's our compassion child that Don and I sponsor. His name's Collins. Pray for Collins every day. I pray for him throughout the day. Some of you have compassion children. I, I invite you to pray for them regularly. I have Collins' picture on my desk. I know you walk in my desk going, you got a lot of pictures of your wife and your kids. I love them. And there's this new princess. Her name is Ramsey, if I haven't told you. And she's beginning to dominate too. But there's this beautiful, dark skin. African boy named Collins that I pray for, that I have the privilege to pray for, that we have the privilege to support him. But fear, we're afraid that we might not. And then the third one is this bitterness. We have a closed mind because we're just bitter. We're just angry at God. We're just angry at life. We start saying things like, why did God allow this to happen to me? Why was I abused? Why was I molested? Why did I lose the deal? Why did I lose the job? Why did I fail out of the school? Why did I not get this? Why, why, why? Wine, wine, wine. And God wants us to give that bitterness to him. And we have a free choice that we can offer our bitterness to Christ this morning. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, he wants to take the bitterness from us. Bitterness, I learned a long time ago, bitterness poisons my soul, and it poisons yours. And it will keep you from hearing the voice of God, because there's just, there's just sin in there, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So a bitter life, write this down, a bitter life is a wasted life. When we hold on to our hurts, it prolongs the pain. When you and I hold on to bitterness, it just makes it camp and stay around, and this becomes an ugly monster in our life. And this morning, I'm speaking, when you're speaking to this many people, there's a lot of bitterness in here, I'm afraid. And there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'd say just release the bitterness today. Bitterness will keep you from being, becoming all you need to be. Bitterness will keep you from hearing the voice of the Lord. And you just you say, Lord, I've held it in. I'm going to let it go. God, you're greater than my bitterness. I want to trust you. But a lot of times we just want to blame God. 
for what others have done to us, what we've done to ourselves, decisions we've made. And this morning I just look here and I say, Lord, help us just to have a simple release. Lord, that you make a difference. I give my hurt to you. And the third point is this. I've been talking about all morning. Eliminate the noise. Just eliminate the noise. I gave you the most practical way, cutting off the TV, cutting off the cell phone. Now, you can't cut off your wife or your husband. That's not what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> but just turn some things off and tune in to the voice of Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. As he begins to, to speak and as he begins to put us in the quiet zone, as I was reflecting this week, I just thought, God, you love the quiet zone. Like Austin, that didn't hear and they did hear, but silence was his favorite thing. Lord, we need to get in that quiet zone with you. Because like I preached last weekend, the still, small voice of God, God's still whispering. Would you agree with me, church? And you can, you can discern, you can train yourself to hear the voice of the Lord. But the reality is, you don't really hear it well, or that often, I think, unless you learn to listen to the small, still voice of the Lord. And you get quiet, and you get still, and, and you just say, God, these distractions are driving me nuts. So, Lord, I want to, I want to move. I want to move with you. Let me move down to this point with you because I, I think this will say it to you. What, what causes us not to hear the Lord? Point A, it's our sin. Our sin always puts a gap, a, a block, a ceiling between us and the Father. And God can't deal with you and I effectively. We, don't, we lose fellowship with Him when we cherish sin, when we cherish iniquity. It would be like God wants us to put our sin to the curb. How many of you push your trash can out to the curb? Well, the rest of you got stinky houses, okay. Yeah, I know you're like, man, you're always into this trash can thing. Did you want to be a sanitation engineer when you were little? No, what I've learned is that's where I meet my neighbors, is we're pushing the trash out, you know. Hey, what's going on? You know, we talk, you know. And you know what? And I think about it, that's the way it is with sin. God wants you and I to put our sin, if you will, in that trash can, and he wants us to put it out to the curb and leave it out there. How many of you would take the trash out and come back in and you just, just save some of the stinky garbage and bring it back in the house and put it under the sink? You, you, you young moms, how many of you would love to have your worst diaper and just bring it back in the house, just the one diaper, but the rest of the stuff could go, and you just put it in the room? At the church one time several years ago, Somebody, and, and Chrissy does an amazing job. I wasn't Chrissy. She's so organized. I'm so thankful for her. Y'all to just thank God for Chrissy. But one time, the, one weekend, somebody forgot to put the trash out. And it was summer. And I walked up on that front hall, and there was this God-forsaken odor. And we didn't go, let's just keep it for the weekend. Ain't no way, man. We got that stuff out and sprayed it and lysoled it and put on decontamination outfits, and man, ugh, diapers, nasty. Anyway, you see the point. Put your sin to the curb here. What causes static here? It, it, it's sin. Sin keeps us from hearing. Listen to Isaiah chapter 59, 1 and 2. I love what God's Word says. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities, another word for iniquity is sin, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. The prophet had a great word for us. You stay in sin, you do sin, you live in sin, you separate yourself from God. And you just don't hear his voice. So this morning, if you don't feel like you're hearing your, his, the voice of the Lord clearly, maybe there's some sin. Psalm 66, verse 18. Write that passage down. Psalm 66, verse 18. 
if I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. God loves you. He loves me. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that. I'm confident from Holy Scripture. I'm confident experientially. But I also know experientially. When I choose to nurse my sin, when I choose not to put my sin out, when I choose not to confess my sin to the Lord. Just this morning I was reading 1 John in my quiet time. <laughs> this is coming to me right now. And you know that great verse as I was reading through 1 John, it just comes over here, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the thing is agreement. Confession, write down somewhere, confession means come in agreement with God. God, when I come into agreement with you, then I'm on my way to healing. I'm on my way to hearing your voice. So there's an intentional rush here that, God, I want to do your will. I want to trust your voice. And so there's these intentional sins that we do, and then there's those unintentional sins that we commit. Those sins of commission and those sins of omission. And in the Old Testament, as I was studying this week, it was interesting that, you know, there's the, the sacrifices that the Scripture talks about that they would make for the unintentional sins of, of the priest would go in and make it for the sins they knew they committed and for the sins they didn't even know they committed but they needed to have atonement for. And all I know is this morning, I'm glad that Jesus Christ makes atonement for all our sin. How about you, church? Intentional and unintentional. Now, intentional is just all out. Man, you just blew it, man. You've just rebelled against God. But unintentional, you're not aware that it's sin. And then one day, the Holy Spirit illuminates. How many of you, as you've grown in your journey with Christ, something you didn't know was sin years ago, you've now found it to be sin, you had to repent to walk with Christ and have fellowship? Yeah, it's called growth. It's called maturity. That's why we don't come here with a list of rules going, these are sins you shouldn't do, church. That would be the Jews of the Old Testament. That would be the legalists. I mean, I can just see walking around with books going, Ben, Tim, they're guilty of 673. <laughs> Let's stone them next weekend. I'm so glad for the mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ. But we don't want to take light of sin. We want to say, Lord, we want to... You know, also these, uh, these, these sins of, of omission, you know, you know why God doesn't want us to sin? Because He wants to protect us. You know why God doesn't want us to have sex outside of marriage? Because God wants to protect a holy, sacred covenant to His name. He wants to protect His name in the marriage covenant. You know why God didn't want us to do this? Because he wants to bring glory to his name, and he knows it would be best for us to follow his ways. So he protects us if we follow him. And then I move on down through this. So these sins, matter of fact, just write down Numbers 15, 27 through 29. It'll talk about the Old Testament sacrifice and how God makes provision for us, and it's a beautiful thing. And then at the core of all this is obedience. Just obedience is the core of Christianity obedience to following jesus christ to hearing his voice remember what i said sometimes we don't hear god because we're fearful and if we can get past our fear and be reverent and in awe and long to hear from him it'll please us it'll please our soul it'll please our father and we realize the second thing here is our humanity our humanity just keeps us we're we're just humans it's just the way we're made we uh you know, listen to what uh, the Scripture says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and than your thoughts. But God is ultimate. He is foremost. He is prominent. He is supreme. He is Lord. 
He is king, and he's called us, but there's always this price to pay that, Lord, I don't understand, but you know what is best for me. I want you to listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 9 through 12. The Apostle Paul is speaking to us, and he talked about not knowing fully. Listen, listen to the word of the Lord. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, when it is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. And now I know in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. I love that. God knows us. The Psalm says he knows our frame. He knows us so much better than ourselves. He's created us. And God just wants us to throw this on him and say, God, one day. I mean, do y'all long for the day that you sit down with Jesus Christ and you shall see him as he is and you should know all things? How many of you long for that today? I long for that. Not just, you know, well, yeah, I see it in a mirror. I see a mirror, you know. It's a mist. It's a vapor. You know, I'm double-minded. You're double-minded. All these rules of this life. I look forward to when God just sets it all straight. And man, we're complete. We're home. And as we move through, so we, we know. And then the third one is spiritual warfare. We don't hear the voice of God, and I won't go all through it, but the second week of the study when Bert came, the voice that sabotages, we, do y'all believe this morning we've got a great war going on in the heavenly places and on this world? We do. And all through Scripture, and it's just the spiritual warfare, and it, and it rages. And when Lucifer got kicked out of heaven, and he took a third of the angels with him that became his demonic, vast army, for principalities and powers, and they rule, and they have authority. don't totally understand all that, but all I know is it's a real war going on out there, friends. And we've got to put on the armor of God, Ephesians 6. I'm always telling you, put on the armor of God, because I believe it with all my heart. Every day I put on the armor. I find myself many times adjusting the breastplate. I adjust the helmet. I have to put on the armor all through, continually through the day, and so do you if you want to be victorious in Christ Jesus. But in Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 through 23, listen to this. While I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin, the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and he said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. But if you move on into the next chapter, into the 10th chapter, the 11th through the 14th verse, listen to the word of the Lord. The war is on. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. And then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me. 21 days and then michael one of the chief princes came to help me because i was detained there with the king of persia and now i've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come there he was in warfare he was in prayer in the 20th day and the 21st all i'm saying to you and to myself is we have to persist we have to persevere through this warfare there are seasons that warfare is more intense than others but christians need to know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world 
That's not an amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You overcome by the blood of Christ and by the word of your testimony. And God just sets it up here. Highly esteemed, set your mind up, clear the static, obey what is clear. God, let me follow you. Lord, I'll listen to your rebukes. Lord, I'll go for you. I'll trust you. Lord, I'll do battle for you. And you know what I've learned about battle? Battle's a lot easier to do it with other people. It's easier to do battle in community. It's called the church. It's called small group. It's called other believers that come alongside. They know your weaknesses. They know your strengths. They know how to pray for you. They pray protection. Do you have believers in your life that pray prayers of protection and blessing over you on a consistent basis? I hope you do. Are you a person that prays prayers of protection? I've told you before, I pray for pastors all the time. I lead a movement called Pray for Montgomery. But just this morning, as my regular activity, Sunday morning, I got up and I prayed early for 45 pastors this morning by name. I prayed for their congregations and I prayed for the work of God. I prayed for the anointing of their life and the protection of their family. I went through a whole lot of things I like to pray. And then this morning, God gave me something I've never done. I text and I call and I write and I develop relationships. And this morning, I don't know what was happening. Is, is this time got anybody else messed up but me? I'm still trying to figure out what time it is, you know? Like, it's, you know, whatever. And uh, this morning, the Holy Spirit, I was listening. You know what he told me to do? He told me to text some of the brothers I was praying for this morning. I text five pastors this morning. I know the ones that are spiritual, and I know the ones that aren't. Four of them responded. No. You know what they did? I just, I just, I just, the Holy Spirit put five pastors on my name. He says, I want you to encourage them right now. And I just sent messages of agreement and affirmation. I lifted them up. And all of a sudden, all this stuff started coming in, man. They're standing in agreement with me. I'm standing in agreement with them. How many of you like that, man, when the church is the church of Christ and we love one another? Isn't that beautiful? You're like, well, man, I've never prayed for another church, man. You know, pastor, you know, you know everybody's going to go down there. Here, let's get a bus and take them down there, okay? Man, we want to be the body of Jesus, okay? And we want to pray for one another. We want to compete at that level. But look at this point here. It, it, something, did something come up? Wait, go ahead and show me. Go ahead. Let me see what it was. Did he show a picture of me? Oh, okay. All right. The time. Oh, y'all are good. <laughs> the reason I'm saying that, um, I don't like this social media age. Everything you do is captured and recorded, and um, there are incriminating pictures out there of Pastor Keith. But we're doing our best to collect incriminating pictures of you, too. Okay, all right, yeah, that's gone. Because we're a fair church. Okay, look at, look at, look at, you know, come to our church, and we'll burn you this weekend. Okay, all right. This moment brought to you by, what am I getting this stuff? All right, let's go back to the text. All right, here we go. If the, if the pastor seems dead, no. If the line seems dead, do these two things. Do it quickly. Here you go. Number one, do a sin check. If you don't seem to be hearing the voice of God, just do a line check. See if you've got good communication. Just ask the Lord, as the psalmist said, examine my heart and see if there be any hurtful way within me. Search my heart, O oh God. I like to pray that prayer, and I don't like to pray that prayer. Do, do I have a witness? Because when I ask the Lord to search my heart, it means business. My Father is holy. Your Father is holy. And He can't deal with sin 
And he says, this is where you've sinned against others. This is where you've sinned against my name and against my glory. But it's beautiful to get clean and say, Lord, I want to do a sin check. The other one is do a freedom check. God, do I have permission to do this? Is the possibility there for me to move and to go in this to see if you allow this? Many things are crystal clear in Scripture in black and white. This is what you do. This is not what you do. And there are so many areas that are great. Me being a pastor, people love to walk at me. Pastor, I want to know, can I do this? Now, let me just give you a little warning here. If you're asking me, there's already something going on, okay? Just, just a thought. People all the time. Because, see, I serve as an earthly priest. It's a holy honor. And being that, you want me, basically you're saying, if you wink at it, maybe God will, or if you approve of it, maybe the Father does, because you know the Scripture better than I do. But what I'm telling you is we're on a journey together, and we need to do a check with Him first, okay? But there is a time when we ask one another, is this sinful? Do you, do you, does this cause you to stumble? Does this cause you to fall? It's just, you know, we do a freedom check. I, I, I could talk about that for days, and I won't. But Lord, help us to hear well and to obey your voice. So what does it mean here? So we eliminate the voice. And then the fourth one, I want you to see this with me quickly. Lord, dominate our minds. Dominate your mind with his word. What I want you to see here is, Lord, give us ears to hear. Let me see if I can find this point. This is, um, I just got so excited when I was reading Holy Scripture over this. I went to the 119th Psalm. Turn to the 119th Psalm with me, if you will. And in the 119th Psalm, it, it, it's powerful. It, it's God's word for us. And it begins to say this. You ready? The very, starting 119, verse 160. The very essence of your words is truth. All your just regulations will stand forever. Powerful people harass me without cause, but my heart trembles only at your word. I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. I hate and I bore all falsehoods, but I love your instructions. I will praise you seven times a day. That's their holy habit. Because all your regulations are just. Those who love your instructions have a great peace, and they do not stumble. Good way to have peace. Love the word of God and do it. I long for your rescue, Lord. So I've obeyed your commands. I have obeyed your laws, for I love them very much. Yes, I obey your commandments and laws because you know everything I do. Lord, I love the psalmist. He says, be dominated by the word of God. I just wanted you to write down, I just realized, I don't know what happened, time's flown on me, but Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 10. I was meditating on this verse last night, Ezekiel 3, 10. Let me give you one more. Psalm chapter 5, verse 3. Psalm 5, 3 says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you. In the next part I get you. I bring my request to you. And then the psalmist said a word we all need to hear. And I wait expectantly. And here's the fifth point. Captivate your heart with his presence through worship. Lord, help me to have my heart captivated by you. It's one of the things we do every Sunday morning. I think we do it well. We love to worship Christ. And we worship him in song and in prayer and in the word. And Lord, we just come into your presence and we put away sin. And Lord, we say we want to trust you. We want to know you. And I just ask you a question. Are you captivated by yourself? Or are you captivated by King Jesus? You're captivated by something. You're captivated by the things of this world. You're captivated by the King. 
And my prayer is that Christ will move us to be captivated by who he is. And we'll move into his heart and we'll see his presence and we'll see his deliverance and we'll see his power. And we'll say, Lord, we realize how great you are. I'm going to give you a quick tip of the day. I'm going to wrap up. Here's a simple thing. I love to give you things that are just real practical. Here it is. Write it down. Can you take five minutes? Can you give the Lord five minutes a day? To do one thing to not talk to not make petition to sit the psalmist says i bring and i make my request to you and then i wait expectantly god give us a fellowship that learns to wait and learns to be still and to hear your voice he is here